Welcome to Parenting Kids and Dogs 101, a limited series podcast for parents who live with kids and dogs, or plan to. I'm your host, Michelle Stern, the founder of Pooch Parenting. I'm not just a certified professional dog trainer and former teacher, I'm a mom too. In each episode of this series, I hope you feel like I'm chatting with you, one parent to another, about life with kids and dogs answering common questions my clients ask me, and giving you simple solutions to make your life easier and safer. I hope you'll subscribe and join me for the whole series. And don't forget to grab the accompanying workbook at poochparenting.net slash podcast workbook. Enjoy! In episode 14, I'm going to talk about how to choose a family dog. This seems like a simple question on the surface. Maybe you're thinking, oh, I just pick one that's cute, or I pick one that's nice, or I pick one that's the same breed that I always had when I was a child. But when you are living with kids and dogs, how you choose a dog for your entire family is pretty complicated. Let's start off with a few pointers on how to choose a dog. For one, I'd like you to remember that you need to focus more on the individual dog itself than on a specific breed, but I will be giving some specific breed recommendations later in the podcast. Also, try to pick a friendly, confident dog who approaches your kids happily. So you may be one of the more rescue types of persons who wants to save a dog that seems shy or damaged. But when you're raising kids, now is not the time to be rescuing something that needs to be fixed. What you really want is a dog who is stable and happy and confident and who loves your kids, a dog who chooses your kids. And I talk more about that in episode 27 of the Pooch Parenting Podcast, where I interviewed Trish McMillan, who is an expert on shelter dogs. And we talked at length about how to choose a good shelter dog for families who have children. I'd also recommend that you see if you can do a foster to adopt or a trial adoption with a dog. And that option allows you to live with a dog for a few weeks to see if you're really a good fit. Because sometimes there's a little bit of a honeymoon phase and the dog acts a certain way in the beginning, which maybe you think is going to be awesome, but then you start to see their true colors once they get more comfortable. It's only natural for a dog to take a while to settle into their new home. We usually say it's about three weeks or longer before you start to see what you're really getting. But if you do a trial adoption and you set the stage for your kids that this is a trial, that you're testing it out, then it alleviates a little bit of the heartbreak if you need to return the dog. And then finally, I want you to be aware that some shelters or rescue organizations don't actually adopt to families who have kids at all. And some of them are willing to adopt to families with kids, but only when they are within a certain age range. Before you get too deep in choosing the kind of dog that you want, you need to set some pretty clear guidelines for your family when you're going through this process. First, you need to really think about what you can afford, and you need to be honest about this because there are a lot of costs associated with having a dog. So not only do you need to consider the adoption or purchase price of the dog itself, but you need to consider ongoing veterinary care or even veterinary care for emergencies, 
quality dog food, treats, chews, and toys. And then you need to consider the grooming costs for your new dog. Some breeds, such as a very popular type of dog called a doodle, which could be a labradoodle, a golden doodle, a sheep a doodle, etc. All of these types of dogs, including poodles, require grooming that needs to happen like every four to six weeks. And so you're spending generally somewhere between $70 and $150 every four to six weeks on getting that dog groomed. And so if it's a stretch for your family's budget to add that type of a payment so often, then you definitely need to think twice about getting a type of dog with a high need coat like this. Because if you don't maintain it on your own, then the dog is going to get matted, which is really uncomfortable. And you will not end up with a dog that looks the way you thought because it will end up being shaved. If you like what you're hearing so far, don't forget to grab the free workbook that comes with this limited podcast series. All you need to do is head over to my website, poochparenting.net slash podcast workbook. And now you need to take an inventory on the type of lifestyle you have. Now, I want to point out, this is the lifestyle that you actually have, not the lifestyle you wish you had. So for example, are you active? Does your family prefer to go hiking or backpacking? Or are you more of a movie night or game night type of family where you hang out at home? I'm not judging, by the way. You can be whatever you want to be, but the main point is, is that you pick a dog whose personality and exercise needs fit with the type of lifestyle that your family leads. So if you're a game night type of family and you prefer to hang out at home, which is awesome, then you need to make sure that you don't have a dog who's ready for endurance activities, who needs to go, go, go in order to just have a baseline calm to make them civilized to live with. You also need to think about the dynamic of your home itself. So are you the type of household that has house guests and visitors all the time? Are you the person who's hosting the PTA parties or the scout troop meetings? If so, then having a dog who is shy or nervous would probably be a pretty lousy fit because the dog would always be hiding every time you're having guests over. And that wouldn't be fair to that particular dog. So it is pretty important that your dog's personality be compatible with the level of activity in your home. Similarly, if you want a dog who will be excited to go with you to your kid's sporting events, it's important that you're looking for a dog who has a more happy-go-lucky, sociable personality so that they're not overwhelmed by all of the noise and chaos that you might find at soccer games and other sporting events. Now here is where I might get into some hot water with some of you because I am going to talk to you a little bit about some breeds that I can recommend to live with families who have kids and dogs. Now, I realize that I said earlier that you should focus more on the individual dog than on the dog breed in particular. And that is true, but it's partly true, not fully true. So I want to clarify that first by saying that breeds tend to have behavioral traits that can be predictable due to their long history of being bred for specific characteristics. But it is crucial to note that there is individual variation within every breed. So just like you might see personality differences between siblings in your family or any family, 
we may find personality differences within a particular breed. So for example, I have two Border Terriers. One of them is calmer, more mature, not just because of his age, but just his personality. He's much more serious. The other one is much more extroverted and silly and brave and bold and sassy. Now, they're both the same breed and they do share a lot of behavioral traits, but their personalities are quite different. So again, I do want you to focus on the right personality dog for your family. But within that, there are some breeds that have characteristics that may be good for living with families who have kids. Now, where I'm going to get into some trouble possibly is that you may be listening to this podcast with your favorite breeds in mind, and I might not mention them, and I'm not trying to pick on you or anything else. I'm just trying to share some of my direct experience having worked in this field for a long time and having studied extensively different dogs and different breeds. The gun dog group is a good example of dogs who are bred to work alongside people. This group includes a lot of different types of dogs, but they do include retrievers, labradors, spaniels, setters, and more. They tend to be really enthusiastic team players, but they can be a little bit hard to live with because they have a long youthful stage before they mature and they do have high energy levels. So many people love their friendly nature, but they're unprepared for the amount of energy that they do bring to the table. Now, other breeds that tend to be good with families include the Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. It is a Spaniel, but it's very small and was not really meant to be a gun dog specifically. Beagles, Bassets, Havanese, Boxers, and Bernese Mountain Dogs are among other dogs that have been very popular with my clients and other people that I work with because they have a really lovely nature. Now, the dogs that I mentioned there come in all different sizes. So the Havanese is a little small dog, maybe about 20 pounds or so, whereas the Bernese Mountain Dog can be over 100 pounds. So all of these dogs give you a wide variety to choose from based on the aesthetic that you're looking for, the type of coat you're looking for, or perhaps the size. Now, you have to also remember, too, that if you want a gigantic dog and you have a couple of kids, you may need to get a different kind of a car, for example. Whereas if you have a Border Terrier like I do or a Havanese, you can use a seatbelt harness and your dog can safely be contained in a regular car. You don't need a special big one. So there's so many things to think about. I do want to close out this particular episode with a buyer beware warning, and that is that you should absolutely not ever buy a puppy from a website without vetting who these people are. You should ideally go, it's worth the investment, travel to meet the breeders in person, ideally in their home where they're breeding their dogs. And I would recommend that you go and meet the parents of the puppy that you plan to purchase. I did this myself. And when I got there, one of the breeder's dogs bit me. And so you can imagine I was devastated because I had been doing a ton of research and that never revealed itself until I went there in person. Needless to say, I did not get a dog from that breeder. He should have never put me or his dog in that situation where I got bitten. It made me doubt his judgment about everything. And so I got my dog somewhere else. I hope you'll tune in next time to our final episode in the series where we talk about whether or not your family should get a puppy. 
There's a lot that goes into that decision, and it's one of the most common questions I get for families who are pregnant, who have babies, who have toddlers or kids, on whether or not a puppy is the right choice for their family. I hope you found this helpful, and I'll see you in the next one. It's only natural for questions about our kids and dogs to arise from time to time, especially as our babies grow up and our dogs mature. And if I'm being honest, it's not really worth asking for free advice from friends or even online because you can't rely on the accuracy of the feedback you're getting. If you'd like to learn more about the Pooch Parenting Society, where I offer practical life and science-based tips and strategies, ongoing support, and a safe place to share, head on over to safekidsanddogs.com. From one parent to another, I see you, and I promise that you're not alone. Thanks for listening.